What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Process Podcast. We are back. COVID has caused a little bit of a delay on us uh, getting back out there, but sports are back. Football starting up this week. It's a big week. Uh, as always, I am Charlie Witkowski. The man across from me is Nick Veronica. Nick, how the hell have you been, man? Dude, I'm ready to get out of the worst season, which is allergy season, into the best season, which is football season. It's been a while since we last pod podcasted. We know. It's all right. We're back. We're ready. So many changes have gone on. Um, you know, obviously the NFL is doing what they need to do just to keep everyone COVID safe. The NHL is moving right along. So is the NBA. Uh, the bubbles seem to be working out great. Um, and I think the biggest news of all of it, the um, Buffalo Bills have acknowledged hashtag Bills Mafia as their official Twitter hashtag for the NFL season. Yeah. It's so, a long so, time coming, huh? Yeah. So when you tag it now, like the little Bills logo will come up, which is kind of neat. But it's been, I mean, if, if you know the history of, of Bills Mafia, like it started out as a fan thing that the players sort of adapted or adopted. And then the, the team was like initially skeptical of it, probably just because of the association with the mafia. But <laughs> um, yeah, I saw, uh, I saw Del Reed tweeted yesterday, like the team used to like scrub that out when they would like, when he had to manually quote tweet a, a tweet of their players, like they would, they would cut off Bill's mafia, you know, at the start, cause they didn't want to be like associated with that. And then it became this whole thing. And it's, uh, I always got to remind people, Bill's Mafia is not like people going through, you know, tables in the parking lot. Like it's gets associated with that, but Bill's Mafia started as like just a fan, a fan thing, and they do some good uh, charitable causes. So good to see Dell's a good guy. If you don't follow Dell on Twitter, but um, yeah, man, now every time you hashtag Bill's Mafia, you get that little logo coming up. Yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. I saw it yesterday. I saw the Bills. Did a couple of things on their Twitter account yesterday. One of which was the hashtag Bills Mafia, which they, they retweeted a number of times. Uh, and then they also changed their uh, avatar to the Josh Allen, I guess you could say, state trooper mustache picture, which oh, I thought yeah. was pretty funny. At least Josh Allen, I saw in the paper, he admitted it doesn't look good. So he's aware, like, he's, he's not, uh, he's not, you know, attached to this thing. Like, he, no one's telling him. Like he, he knows it looks bad. Listen though, if he can grow a mustache like Aaron Rodgers can, and I don't I'm think pretty, he can. I'm pretty sure that Aaron Rodgers' mustache though started the year they won the Super Bowl. So I'm just saying. I mean, maybe there's some correlation there. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. All but, right, so uh, we got we got a lot to talk about, man. I'm excited. I want to like just grill you and get like a thousand Bills takes out of you. But um, where do you want to start, man? Let's uh, start first and foremost. I think we. Take a look at the depth chart. The depth chart was just released earlier on this week. Um, some surprises, um, I would say. I, I we'll, we'll, we'll start with you and see what you think, see what your thoughts are with the depth chart. Um, anything stand out to you in particular first? All right. Uh, do you want to go through it or you want to get right into some surprises here? Well, you know, I, I, I don't think if we're going to go through it, I mean, I think obviously – Quarterback, running back, receiver is pretty um, straight out, straightforward. The one thing that surprised me a little bit when you get down to tight ends is the fact that Lee Smith is your number two tight end. Um, you know, they, they have him listed as tight end two. 
and they have uh, Tyler Croft right behind Dawson Knox. So I'm assuming Tyler Croft's come, coming in as tight end three. I don't know about you. I'm not a big fan of Lee Smith. I think he – yes, he's good at blocking. He's a good pass blocker, good run blocker, but I think he just takes too many penalties at terrible times. Yeah, I think that they know how to use him, though, so I, I'm not too concerned about where he's listed on the depth chart. I think he's going to he's gonna be a blocker, and they're going to have Knox and maybe Sweeney run some routes, too. So uh, Croft, I mean, he was supposed to start last year. He got injured. We'll see what he comes what comes this year. But I was impressed with, with Dawson Knox last year. He had some – for a rookie, he kind of, like, trucked a couple guys. Like, looked like he made his presence felt out there. And he scored his first touchdown, I think, since high school. I don't think he, he never scored a touchdown in college, which I thought was crazy. Yes. And he scored a couple of them in the NFL, which uh, mm-hmm. big leap right there. And, yeah. and I think he can really take that next step forward, too. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this offense now, now that they brought in Stefan Diggs, um, you know, it really u- utilizes that tight end position a little bit more this season than what they did last year, mm-hmm. um, especially with Devin Singletary being hyped really the way that he is coming into his sophomore year as well. If he, if Devin Singletary and Josh Allen can really take that next step, I think that's really going to also help Dawson Knox take that next step as well. Sure. I think uh, the passing volume of the offense should be increased this year. So hopefully that means more for everybody, especially Diggs is going to demand the ball. You know, he gets a little emotional if he doesn't get uh, his fair share, but I think they should just be throwing more in Josh Allen's third year. I agree. And, and again, you know, Josh Allen took a step from year one to year two, and now hopefully he takes that, that next step again this year. I, I don't think that the way this team is set up, the way this offense is set up, they can't afford for him to take a step back. Yeah, for sure. And we'll get there. We get, we got some stuff to, we got Absolutely. some, some uh, burning questions to get to in a minute. Anyway, let's go through the depth shot here. So offense, uh, we know we won't uh, bog you down with the things that we already know. Some remaining questions are who starts on the right side of the offensive line. So on Wednesday, Sean McDermott all off season, or at least, you know, recently he's been saying, Oh, we'll get you the first depth chart on Wednesday, the first week. And then Wednesday came and ready for this right guard, first string, Cody Ford slash Darrell Williams slash Brian Winters, right tackle, Cody Ford slash Ty Saki slash Darrell Williams. So really uh, not helping us out there at all. What, you got any preference on who you'd like to see there? You know, obviously I think with last year being what was there last year with Cody Ford, um, you know, I'd like to see maybe give him a chance, let him see what he can do. He had good moments. He had bad moments. He was very up and down throughout the year last year. You know, obviously with no preseason, we really don't know how he looked through camp and, and through the year, so uh, through the offseason. So so we're re- really relying on the coaches to make the right decision here. Um, but I also was a big fan of Ty Nisecki last year. I thought he was very good at pass blocking, very good at run blocking, and at times much, much better than Cody Ford was. Um, but I, I'll, I'll be curious to see what they do. Obviously, I, I liked the um, – the Brian Winter signing, the Brian Water signing as well, who I think can really help them out a lot. And I really liked the Daryl Williams signing as, as well on the right side. Um, I'm okay with them bringing you, you using all uh, five guys there if they need to. You know, what's ever really going to help keep your quarterback upright um, is is a, a, a big thing. Because let's face it, if Josh goes down, 
You're in trouble. I, I don't trust Matt Barkley to win me 10, 11 games. No. So what, yeah, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on that, that whole right side? I know it's, it's yeah, definitely different. It seems like, uh, at least when he was drafted, it seemed to me like Cody Ford projected more as a guard, and it seemed like the coaching staff wanted to try to see if they could make him into a tackle. I guess that would be a more valuable position to them. So I get the, the effort there, but I think the Bills are kind of getting into their, their window here with their quarterback in the third year of his rookie contract, and they got the playoff team coming back. Like, if it's not working out, they got to cut their losses pretty quickly there and mm-hmm. say, all right, he's going to be a guard, and we got enough depth to, to put somebody else to tackle and just kind of roll with it there. But like you said, people get injured. Who knows? Brian Winters, I, I was surprised the Jets cut him, and he's facing his old team in week one. But we'll see what they do on game day, how many linemen. I think they're going to want to dress nine linemen and maybe one less defensive end possibly, which we're about to get to when we talk about the defense here. Anything else on the offensive depth chart that surprised you? Uh, no, I know this uh, coach staff has been really high on Ryan Bates, so obviously no surprise seeing him as your number two uh, center. He was a guy they traded for late last year, um, I, I believe like week four of the preseason. that they, they made a late, late trade, nothing big, nothing off the charts. Um, but glad to see him make the make the 53 going into the season. Um, any other surprises, I guess, anyone – on the offensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. not only on the depth chart, but anyone that, that maybe made the team or didn't make the team uh, that maybe got cut uh, on the offensive side of the ball before. Yeah, well, let, me, let me ask you this. Not exactly a, a player thing, but because Patrick DeMarco, the fullback, had to go on IR and Reggie Gilliam uh, transferred from fullback to tight end, they don't have a fullback on the roster this year. And I know that that – People, you know, you can say it's the, you know, 2020, what are you still using a fullback for? But Brian Dable seems to like using a fullback, and they don't have one this year, unless they somehow switch uh, Gilliam back to fullback for a couple of plays here. But at least depth chart-wise, they don't have a fullback. Well, uh, so you look at, again, you look at that depth chart. You look at a guy like Lee Smith, who is known more for his blocking than for his pass catching. Um, I could see them maybe putting Lee Smith back there as a fullback. Uh, when they need to, I could see them even possibly using Zach Moss back there and running some kind of double, you know, dual back um, kind of offensive sets with Zach Moss and uh, Devin Singletary. This coaching staff has also seemed very high, and they've talked very highly all off season about TJ Yeldon. So I'm wondering if there's some way that they're going to be trying to get all three backs involved, and they didn't feel that there was a need for a fullback. But I'm curious to see what, what, what Dable is doing. I've heard a lot of good out of the players for this offense that he has, you know, come up with for this season. It's different than what they had last year from what I've heard. Obviously, again, we can't hear and see everything because the media can only be at so many parts in, of, of practice. And it with no preseason, it's hard to really say if whatever offense he's coming up with is going to work. I think last year he showed a lot of um, positives with his offense, but let's face it. We also saw a lot of negatives and I was very guilty of standing of, of being on this podcast and getting pretty upset with him as an offensive coordinator, trying to figure out what the heck he was doing. Um, but he hasn't had a threat like Stefan Diggs. He hasn't had a solid running back like um, Devin Singletary who I'm expecting a big year out of. And I think at the end of the day, you have four tight ends on your roster. 
two of those guys can fill in as your fullback when needed. That's true. Dude, if you're telling me if, if we see Lee Smith, you know, coming with a full head steam through the gap near the goal line, that's gonna I would not want to be anywhere near the, you know, coming down in that hole with Lee Smith with the full head of steam coming at me. You know, and I like the, the DeMarco signing when they brought him in, but I don't think um at least as a fan looking in, I don't think DeMarco became what they wanted him to become in that offense. And I think uh he started slowly seeing his playing time diminish. And I, I think he was good on special teams, but outside of special teams, there's really no reason to keep him mm-hmm. on the roster. They sent him to IR, and then obviously earlier this week they came to an injury settlement. Mm-hmm. Let him go, so. And you know, you know, I just thought of Charlie, think on this one here. You can't throw deep into double coverage <laughs> to a fullback in the playoff game if you don't have a fullback on the roster. This is Galaxy Brain. Move but you here. can throw deep into double coverage in a playoff game to a tight end playing fullback. <laughs> I guess. There you <laughs> go. There you go. All right, let's get into the defense here. I think there were some more surprises on uh, the defense here. So let, let's go through. Right now, the, the defensive line looks stacked just depth-wise. But that means A.J. Epinesa is back a little bit. So on defensive end, we got Trent Murphy's the starter on the left side. Daryl Johnson, second string. They have A.J. Epinesa, third string. And on the right side, they have Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison. At the tackles, they have Ed Oliver and Vernon Butler, first string, and Quentin Jefferson and Harrison Phillips, second string. So two things that jumped out to me there were, number one, well, I guess 1A one and 1B, they didn't cut Trent Murphy, which a lot of people thought they would. I didn't think that was as likely because he started all 16 games last year, and they're going for it this year. Um, 1B, then, is A.J. Epinesa is listed as third string. I would, you know, after they drafted him, you would not have thought third string coming in into camp. I will say he did have a quiet camp. It's possible that if Epinesa, you know, lit it up, they would have said, okay, now we can cut Trent Murphy and save the seven million or whatever it is. Um, so I don't know, I don't know exactly how to read that. If it's they really like Murphy or Epinesa isn't exactly doing as much as they thought he could right off the bat, or it's probably some of both. But um, you would have had to think Brandon Bean's not doing his job if he's not at least. Mm-hmm thinking about saving the, the money from Trent Murphy. So Epinesa, that's surprising to me. Um, only other thing I'll say before I turn it over to you, Harrison Phillips not starting. I really seem to think that, you know, with, with a star opting out, Harrison Phillips was, you know, ready for this big role. And he's right now, at least on the depth chart, he is behind Vernon Butler. So we'll see what the rotation looks like, but that was a little surprising to see. Yeah, you know, I think not having preseason hurt a guy like Epinesa, you know, he is a player who was supposed to coming into the draft be a mid-round, late first-round pick, and he ended up falling into the Bills' lap in the second round. Um, so I, I feel like may, maybe it could be a playbook issue. Again, we're not hearing a lot out of camp about him. He's had a very quiet camp um, and a very quiet offseason. So I'll be curious to see what their plan is with him going forward. With him being the number three, if he is not on the um, opening day roster, day roster he, yeah. if he's on the game, if he's not on the game day roster, that could be a problem. Then, then I feel like, okay, hey, I'm throwing up some red flags here. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe it's an injury that's holding them back. I don't believe anything like that. As far as the Trent Murphy thing goes, you know, I was. Not surprised that they did not cut him. Obviously, a salary cap um, 
cut would have been warranted, especially with a guy like him making the making the money that he's making. Um, but I don't think that Brandon Bean felt like cutting him now benefits the team next mm-hmm. year. You know what I mean? They can do what they need to do in the offseason with Milano and, and 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 those guys. You know, they did a good job going out and re-signing Dawkins this year. They did a good job earlier this week going out and re-signing Tredavious White. So there's two big guys who got paid. Um, and I think the only one that's really waiting at this point is going to be Matt Milano. And I think that we'll see that come in the offseason, depending on what they do with Trent Murphy. I don't think Trent Murphy will be on this team next year. That's why you go out and you draft a guy in the second round, like AJ Epinesa. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just with the money Trent Murphy is making, and obviously with this injury history that he's had, um, you know, yes, he played um, all 16 games last year. However, you know, he's he's been banged up in the past. So we'll see if we can get a full year out of him this year in Buffalo. If not, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, him, him gone next season. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's shocking to see Epinesa as, as three. So you mentioned Matt Milano here, and a contract for him has to be one of the Bills' priorities this coming offseason. I was a little surprised to see, at least on the depth chart, he's the only player they have listed at weak side linebacker. So <laughs> I know somebody could fill in, but you just look at it right now, it's like, man, he better not get hurt. Like They're in trouble if Matt Milano goes down. If Matt Milano goes down, they're in a lot of trouble. You know, I, um, I like the fact that they got – AJ Klein in, but I don't think AJ Klein can is is a good enough fill in for Milano. You know, Klein's playing the strong side, and that's fine. I don't think any other linebackers listed on this depth chart can step in and fill Matt Milano's shoes. Nor do I feel like there's anyone currently out there in free agency that I could say, "Hey, you can go pick this guy up and bring him in." Um, they did cut Voshan Joseph this past weekend. I don't see them going out and re-signing him and bringing him in to even fill Matt Milano's shoes if Milano goes down. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed there. They're they're very thin at the linebacker position. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that you and I spoke about, you know, on podcasts of past, uh, especially around free agency, is the fact they really did not go out and address that linebacker position, really even in the draft, to go in and bring someone to come in behind Milano or even to have some insurance behind Milano if he doesn't come back right. next season. Right. Um, we, we should we shouldn't make it sound like they have the, this hole there. They have great starters. Milano and um, Edmonds are fantastic together. It's just if anything happens to them, they're in trouble. Yeah, if anything happens to either one of them, they're in trouble. Um, but again, uh, the, 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 this, all, this defense has really shown that they have a next man up mentality. Um, so I'll be curious to see if someone goes down does that next man up step up and really take over as um, you know, show, show that they can at least be a viable backup on this team. Yep. All right. Then uh, safeties are preset with higher employed cornerback. You got Trey and then Josh Norman is listed as a starter over Levi Wallace. Uh, Wallace might end up starting this week as Norman looks like he's got a hamstring injury. So we'll see what happens on Friday. Um, any surprise there to you seeing Levi Wallace backing up? No, I think we kind of expected that with Josh Norman coming in. Um, you know, I, I I like Levi. I've spoken highly of him as well in the past. I like Levi Wallace a lot. But you have a guy like Josh Norman coming in. Let him learn a little bit more behind Josh Norman. 
Um, Josh Norman at one point in the league was the best cornerback in football. You know, the guy knows what he's talking about, and he, he's going to have Jadavius White and Josh Norman to learn behind. This can really benefit Levi Wallace in the long run if he can come in. Maybe, and he's another guy. When his number's called, if he can come in and he can play and he can do what he needs to do and step up as a number two defensive back, that's really not only going to help him, it's going to help this team going forward because you know what? That's roster spot. You don't have to worry about trying to fill next offseason. You can focus elsewhere. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what Wallace does, uh, this year behind Norman. And, and if Norman is going to start all 16 games. Yep. And I said the last time we had a pod, like four months ago or whatever it was, and I'll say it again right now. I think the bills have big plans. They see big things for Josh Norman. I think returning to his own scheme that Sean McDermott plays instead of the man that Washington forced him into is going to be a big change. I think, Josh Norman, as long as he's healthy, we'll see if he can get on the field this week. But I think Josh Norman's going to have a really good bounce back season. Well, and let's be honest. I think between Sean McDermott and his defensive mind and Leslie Frazier and his defensive mind, um, I really think it's a great situation for Norman to be in because they really know how to get the most out of their players uh, on both sides of the ball. But but really, Leslie Frazier, especially back there, he, he's been. there's a reason why he has been talked about uh, and head coaching carousels for the last number of years. Um, he really knows how to go out and get the most out of every single player out there, whoever it might be. And, um, you know, he brought in, they brought in a guy like Jordan Poyer, who was coming off a bad injury and they've turned him into a pro bowl, uh, safety. So let's see what they can do. If they can help rebound that career of Josh Norman as well this year. Yep. All right, man. You want to go through the schedule? Do you want to talk about specialists first? Tyler Bass is the kicker. He's got a big leg. I think that covers it. Well, how about the fact that, um, you know, I I guess we can't really talk about kickers without talking about the fact that Stephen Hauschka was cut uh, for Tyler Bass, which kind of surprised me a little bit. I don't know about you. Um, Obviously, we're aware of the problems that Hauschka was having, um, but I'm, I'm fairly surprised to see Tyler Bass win the win the job outright. Yeah, I mean, when they when you draft a kicker, you should you probably expect that guy to come in and be the starter. So as long as he didn't, you know, look bad in camp, which he, you know, I, th- I think that was going to be. They said it was Hauschka's job to lose, but I think it was really uh, Bass's job to win. I guess so as long as Bass did all right, I think that's how they wanted to go. And you saw at the end of last season, and, we, and we've talked about this, uh, Hauschka just didn't have the leg anymore. So yeah. you saw it on long kicks. I want you to think about when you're driving down the field, what, where do you feel like you're comfortable if the offense has to kick a field goal? Like where's comfortable field goal range for you? You know, obviously we, we know how much Tyler Bass's leg was talked about, you know, in the draft and after the draft and even throughout training camp and the scrimmage and everything like that. Um, obviously I don't want to see him kicking 62 yard field goals every single week. Um, but I would say if you can get get him as a young rookie kicker anywhere within 40 to 45 yards, I'm comfortable with that. Um, he has shown in camp that he's fairly dead on within that range. Um, it's once you get out, yes, he has a leg to get there, but his accuracy really goes down mm-hmm. from 50 and more. 
All right, so, t- so if you're driving down the field, like what yard line do you think the offense has to get to before you feel like comfortable kicking a field goal? Oh, man, I'd probably say uh, probably like the 35. All right, so last, last, yeah, that's probably pretty fair. Hauschka's leg, if you just want to put it in perspective this way, when the Bills snap the ball from beyond the th- their own third, or the opponent's 30-yard line. So if, if you get to 30, like that's you feel pretty comfortable about that. Mm-hmm. If the Bills snapped the ball for a field goal behind the 30-yard line last year, Hauschka was one for six on those kicks. So he's like, you get there, and you're like, we should feel good about this, but then you just don't. Like, you just didn't have the leg anymore. And he's a super nice guy, did, you know, cool charity, all that stuff. Can't say enough about him. You, you got to produce. And the Bills clearly didn't trust him last year. And I thought it was pretty clear that Tyler Bass, as long as he didn't blow it in camp, it was just going to be his job. Yeah, um, ever since he got hurt against the Jets uh, two years ago, he just hasn't been the same. He hasn't been able to bounce back. And, you know, yeah, he had a pretty cool charity, but it sounds like, from what I've read this morning, it sounds like Brandon Bean and his wife and family have picked up that charity with the yes. FBCA, which, which is pretty cool. Yeah, what, what do you call it? House Pups? What, what, they had some some cute name. Anyway, he like he's, he pays for, if you want to adopt a dog, he pays for you to do that to, to rescue a dog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think uh, Brandon Bean named his charity Bill's Mutt Fia. Yeah. That, okay. I knew it was something yeah. something pup related. Yeah. I thought that, it was cute. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Good 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 play on words. Um, and obviously, real quick, the whole punter situation. I'm kind of still shocked that Warkes is here, but it is what it is. Yeah. Hey, he beat out like uh, Lachlan Edwards. Man, he had to do something right. Yeah. He uh, he definitely did. I'm curious to see what um, what he can do going into the season. He he muffed a lot of punts last year, so I I, I don't did. know. I'm I'm just not sold on him. Yeah, well, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna see. It seems like the Bills they really want to keep kind of keep their nucleus together here. Like they kept between final cuts and then sending guys back to the practice squad. They have almost everyone that they had in camp, like the last couple of days right before cuts. So they, they didn't really go out and pick up guys. It seems like maybe it's a COVID thing, but they, they really want to just keep everybody together. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And, 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 and I'm okay with that. Look, it's special teams. Hopefully we don't have to rely too much on the punter to watch. To, to, we don't have to rely to watch too much, too much of the punter this year. Um, Cause I'm all tongue tied here, but I'm hoping that, um, Horkes is able to take that 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 step as a punter and finally just be able to solidify it. Obviously, we the Bills haven't had a solid punter since Mormon, so we'll see what what they can do going forward. Um, so, man, let's jump into the schedule this year. Week one kicks off this week with the Bills and Jets at Bills Stadium. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts going into the week? Week one. The Jets have obviously, you know, through Twitter rumblings and things I've read through Twitter and online, the Jets seem to be having some issues, no surprise, with Adam Gase. And um, one of those who has spoken out fairly loudly is their running back, Le'Veon Bell. What are your thoughts on the Jets and the Bills week one? Man, Adam Gase and Le'Veon Bell are like – I don't know what the opposite of a match made in heaven is, but it's that like Gase kind of goes his own way and 
people seem to not always like that. And Le'Veon Bell is going to be super outspoken about everything and always speak his mind for better or for worse. And that's just doesn't seem like it's going well with those two there. It's they uh, were rumored to be trying to trade Bell for like the last two off seasons. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like Gase likes. I mean, Bell's a talent, but. I don't know, man. Just something, something's not clicking in New York. So the Bills this week, they're six and a half point favorites. I feel fair. Like that's a pretty big line for the Bills. I still feel fairly comfortable with that. I think they, they got continuity coming back. I feel comfortable, maybe too comfortable. Like I'm, I'm almost worried about the fact that I feel this comfortable, but I feel good about the Bills plus or minus six and a half. Yeah, you know what? I I would take the Bills on that at, at six and a half. I think they um, they can definitely come out and, and make a run for it. I mean, if you look at last year, week one, Josh Allen didn't start out too hot. There there was a lot of hiccups, uh, maybe some nerves. As long as Josh Allen can get past those nerves, because again, he hasn't had any preseason to really get out there and learn everything with his um, with his teammates. And run this offense. Sorry, right, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm picking one and zero after this week. It sounds like you're in the same boat. Yeah, I I think the Bills can go one and zero, and I think that uh, you know they will be one and zero going into Week Two at Miami, who will have some fans in the seats. Not many. I don't think it's going to be much of a difference for them with their fans in the seats as to as opposed to a normal season. But uh, what are your thoughts on week two, Buffalo and Miami? It's funny you mentioned that about the fans because I have the Bills schedule up here on ESPN right now, and it's still telling me I can buy tickets for uh, the the Jets game for forty eight dollars. Really? I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think that's right. I think that somebody's going to be stealing your money with that one. But don't um, do it. You're going to get ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, when when I go through the schedule, I kind of put games into like three buckets. One, it's like most likely to win. I got a couple that are like most likely to lose. And then anything that I'm like in between on, I kind of throw it in like the toss up bucket. And then at the end I go, I go, you know, 50, 50 on those and then kind of project out from there. Uh, so both New York games and both Miami games this year, I have, and they need to win bucket. Like the, the bills need to go four and oh in those, in those four games. So Miami home or away, I'm going to pick the bills. They need to win. Yeah, I, I think so. I think um, Buffalo needs to be 2-0 and going into um, week three. I think Miami is a very beatable opponent. I think, you know, obviously Fitzpatrick, again, he's another guy. He's so up and down every single season. Um, I'm going to be curious to see how long he stays starter in Miami, but obviously right now he is your starter at least through week one. And I would assume through week two, I don't see them benching him unless he comes out and throws eight interceptions. Um, no, I don't even know if two is healthy enough to start if they needed him to. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he says he is, but I don't know if they really feel comfortable with that. No, and and they added some offense, uh, some offensive weapons. Um, but truthfully, I just think that this Bills defense is just too good. This Bills defense might be the best defense that we have seen since the early '90s, and Maybe I'm just going out on a, on a whim here, but but I don't think that us as fans have seen a defense as good as this since the Super Bowl years. Dude, I'm a, I'm a big stand for the 2004 Bills defense. I think they were incredible and they don't get enough love. So 
for me, that's like the recent standard is 2004. People like people forget about him just because the team the team was bad, but the defense was incredible. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, like I saw I saw a stat the other day. It's funny you mentioned the the Super Bowl years. There's only like eight teams that have ever gotten back to the Super Bowl like two years in a row, and the Bills are like three of those eight all all in that dynasty. So. I'm, I'm hopefully uh, history can repeat itself, but maybe change a little bit at the end. <laughs> you know, instead of, instead of a loss, it's 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 a win in Super Bowl. But we'll see what this team can do, and we'll see what the uh, and I, obviously as good as our the Bills defense is going to be, it's the big question mark still is going to remain on the offensive side of the ball. I think against Miami and the Jets, you know, week one and two, I I think that this offense can really move the ball um, on the ground. Uh, I don't think that uh, Devin Singletary should have too much of a problem against the Jets or really against the Dolphins who who, who, who really did a good job showing up the outside um, you know with, with their def- with their defensive backs but I still think that uh, this bill's offensive line and their continuity going into this year can really help them uh, take the next step forward especially in the first two weeks mm-hmm. however come week three the bills have Aaron Donald or Aaron Aaron Donald coming to town. Um, you know, Aaron, Aaron Don, Donald is Sam Donald's brother. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Aaron Donald comes to town and uh, Jalen Ramsey is here with the LA Rams. We all know how Jalen Ramsey feels about uh, Josh Allen. We've heard the conversation. Trash, 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 trash right? Um, what are your thoughts week three? Can the Bills go 3-0 and against the LA Rams? Yeah, I'm not. Actually, let, let me just say I misspoke one second ago. Uh, only eight teams have gotten back to Super Bowl after losing it, not total, just after losing it. Well, I um, like the, I like the fact check. I'm glad just, that um, get, yeah, got on up to here. Um, so listen, when I was going through the schedule, this is a, a pivotal game here. They because they have New York, Miami, Rams, Raiders, Titans, and then they play the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, you can kind of. Of course, the season can flip a lot here on this Rams game. If they lose to the Rams, and then you got Vegas and Tennessee, who like should be at least you know in the conversation for five hundred or better. Like those are games you could potentially lose. So I mean, if you're looking, you know, if if you, I don't think they're going to drop all three of those. But like if you go into the, into the Chiefs game two and three, like you're like, oh, is this the season getting away from us here? If you if you beat the Rams, you're like, wow, we beat the Rams. We could probably beat Vegas and ten. We could be five and zero going into this Chiefs game. Like, I think the, the Rams game is going to be a big, a big pivot here in, ter- in terms of the outlook of the season. Mm-hmm. I like for them that it's a home game, having a West Coast team coming across for a one o'clock Eastern game. Uh, that always helps the East Coast team. Can they do it? Yeah, I mean, first off, we got to see if if Jared Goff looks like Super Bowl Jared Goff, or well, I'm sorry, Jared Goff who got to the Super Bowl. Maybe not how he played in the game. Or right. if he looks like, uh, you know, last season, Jared Goff looked like Jeff Fisher was coaching him again. He, you know, couldn't figure it out. So we're going to find out. Um, I like the Bills' chances in this one. We got to see if their defense can stop the offense and the spread attack on the Rams. I think the Rams, they did lose uh, Brandon Cooks, but I think they still can spread out. Robert Woods has uh, been tearing it up since leaving Buffalo. Uh, Cooper Cup, who you wouldn't trade me in our keeper league, I think is a stud. Um, they got they got some new guys coming in. Uh, Van Joseph is a rookie that I just like keep hearing 
things about. Like I never heard of this guy really, and I keep hearing what an incredible camp he has. Um, they just got rid of Gurley. I think they'll replace that just fine. They're tight tight ends. Tyler Higby had like 300 yard games in a row last the mm-hmm. end of last year. Like uh, Sean McVay is a really good coach and pr- a much better coach. Well, I don't want to say that about Sean McVay. Maybe Sean McVay is one of the better young offensive minds in the game. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, one of the, you got to say McDermott's probably one of the better defensive minds right now, just on how he's getting his guys to play. So it'll be a good young defensive coach against a good young offensive coach. And lately in the NFL, we've been seeing that offense kind of wins that matchup, but it's also, it'll still be pretty early in the season, like third game with no preseason. So maybe the bills will catch them when they're not clicking. Maybe they can frustrate them. Um, I don't know. I got that one in my, in my toss up basket. If it was a road game, I probably would say, I lean toward the Rams there, but because it's home, I'm saying it's in my toss up. So I think the bills can win that game against the Rams. There's two, Mm -hmm. two reasons. One reason why I think they can win the game. And one reason why I think they can lose the game. The reason why I think they can win that game is I think last year, uh, the Rams gave up a lot of sacks and they really didn't address their offensive line too, too much. Um, I think if, Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott can drop a great, great, great game plan. Man, I am tongue twisted. You could tell we haven't done this in a while, huh? Hey, it's um, preseason for everybody here, Charlie. That's right. That's right. We're, we're, we're kicking off week one with our first preseason. So <laughs> um, you can, they haven't done much on that offensive line to really go out and improve that offensive line drastically. Whereas I think if Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier can draw up a great game plan, um, and just really send that that the blitz heavy defense. I think Buffalo can win the game because you 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 take Jared Goff out of his comfort zone. You get him out of the pocket. I'm also not a big fan of Jared Goff, but that's just me. Um, and the one reason why I think they can lose the game is obviously that defense that the LA Rams have. You know, you look at Aaron Aaron Donald. You look at Jalen Ramsey. Um, you know, they're they're two of the best players at their positions, respectfully. Um, and Aaron Darnold, let's face it, Aaron Darnold himself is a Aaron who? game changer. Aaron, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Catch It's preseason, man. It's preseason. Aaron Donald is, is a game changer. And even uh, Michael Brockers on, on the outside, um, he's a guy you got to worry about. Um, you know, it, depending on where, where they're putting him, if they're putting him right or left side, you got to worry about him um, going up either against uh, uh, Dawkins or one of the three. Uh, right tackles that the Bills plan on playing. So I'll be curious to see, see that game. I kind of have that as a toss-up as well, but I think for the sake of it, I'm going to put that down as a win, and the Bills will be 3-0 and going out to Las Vegas to play at the Las Vegas Raiders at a, at a Allegiant Stadium. So what are your at thoughts? At Roomba Stadium? Ru- there you go, Roomba Stadium. <laughs> okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one that thinks it looks like a Roomba. Man, listen, if you haven't seen the pictures of the Raiders in the stadium, you, you need to look it up. It just looks like a massive Roomba, like one of those those robot vacuum cleaners just coming at you, except it's like 300 feet tall or whatever it is. Um, totally ridiculous. It looks awesome, but like you can't once you see it, you can't not see it. Right, right, I, and and I showed my wife, and she goes, "Oh my gosh, it really does." <laughs> nice, but all right. So usually, I think in a regular time, like the first four weeks of the season, you're kind of still sorting yourselves out. You're getting used to contact again. 
So this season with no with no preseason games, it's going to be that way for sure. You're going to be feeling it out for a while. You can't win it in the first four or five weeks. You can definitely get out of it in the first four or five weeks. Um, but after this, I feel like everything gets a little bit fuzzier. Or, may, or may, maybe it's, it's mm-hmm. fuzzier because it's farther out, but it's things start, don't really solidify is what I mean to say until that point, and we're kind of guessing up until then. So let's let's keep going through these a little bit rapid fire maybe and just give give me a win loss in your rationale and then we'll tally them up at the end. Okay, um, so I got the Raiders. I think the Bills win that one. I think they go four and zero into Tennessee. Um, last year, Buffalo into Tennessee and escaped with a win. I don't see that happening. Um, I think they're going to lose that and go four and one. What are your thoughts on Tennessee? Win or lose? Tennessee's tough, man. If uh... Ryan Tannehill at the end of last year just uh, looked like he just took some magic dust and learned how to be an incredible quarterback, and their team was on a roll. So if you know if he can somehow do that, and Derrick Henry's just uh, taking over everybody, the Titans are gonna be tough, man. The tight like if if they do that over a full season, the Titans could be twelve and four. Absolutely, and yeah. I think that the Titans can be can be a uh, very dangerous team. Yeah, but I'm sure everybody's got the oh, if if everything goes out perfect, we'll be twelve and four. Like yeah, so I it could happen. I don't think it will happen. Um, Bills away at Tennessee. I feel like man, every time like the Bills seem like they've been playing the Titans a lot, and it's always like this ugly like defensive game. It's going to be like seventeen sixteen in the fourth, but something like real stupid. Um, Bills are actually home versus Tennessee, and we're hopefully the Bills have fans. I thought that Mm -hmm. one's away. That is home. That is the first um, primetime game of the year at home. Oh, all right. On the schedule, I'm looking at this away, so that's my fault. Then I'll get a better better website. Um, I still like the Bills there. Like, I feel like like that mat like the Titans' strength kind of matches with what the Bills' strength is too. So, I like the Bills putting out the ugly one there. I, I think it's a good defense versus a. Very good offense. You know, Kansas City's offense can be explosive, especially with Tyreek Hill and and Clyde Edwards-Alaire um, and and obviously Travis Kelsey. But it's going to be, I think, a very good back-and-forth uh, offense-defensive game. But I am going to take another L there. And I have the Bills going 4-2. and two. Going to New York to play the Jets. Hey, I'm, were you, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. You were asking me about the Chiefs there, weren't you? I was still thinking about the Titans. No. Oh. Sorry. Um, no, that's my – yeah, okay. The Chiefs, I got an L for that one. I'm sorry. That That's the Thursday night game. You are that correct. Is. That one is a home game. I was thinking about Tennessee. No worries. Yeah, so you, so you have them at 4-1? Uh, and one? Uh, I got them um, – after that game, I got them at 4-2. and two. Somewhere okay. somewhere in there, I think they, they drop in it. Between the Rams, Raiders, and Titans, they drop at least one game there. And then the Chiefs, so I got them 4-2. and two. Okay. So you both have them going 4-2, and two, going to New York – New Jersey to play the Jets. Um, I'm going with the win there. I think the Bills can sweep the Jets this season. Yeah, you gotta you gotta think that if, if you want to be where the Bills want to be, you gotta take two from New York and you gotta take two from Miami. Otherwise, it's gonna be tough to make that up somewhere else. Absolutely. So five and two with the New England Patriots coming to town without Tom Brady. First time that this Bills team is going up against Cam Newton. Who uh, is the quarterback who, who who was Carolina when McDermott was a defensive coordinator? Um, I'm going to kind of surprise a few people here 
maybe I'm going with a win. I think the Bills can beat New England. Uh, and I don't think it's surprising that you picked the Bills to win there. <laughs> I, I, I just truly, I don't think New England, with the number of players they've had opt out and good players that opted out this season, I just really don't think that uh, New England is the New England of old this year. I think uh, they're a very beatable team, maybe a wild card team. I'll give them that. Maybe a wild card team. But I think the Bills at least win one. Um, and I'm going to go with the one at home in Buffalo. And I'm going to put them at six and two. Yeah, I got them uh, splitting with New England this year. So you probably think that that means they win at home and lose in the road. Maybe that's optimistic, but I mean, they could certainly, this is certainly a game you could lose, but I'll give them, I'll give them one and one against the Patriots this year. And that, that makes them five and one in the division, which is sounds mm-hmm. like a lot, but it's, it's our preseason show, Charlie. We're calling the shots here. So it's a win. That's right. I mean, we can always uh, change it up, I guess, as the year goes on, and we'll find out a lot after week one this week. But uh, So they are 6-2 and two with the Seahawks coming to town and Russell Wilson. Um, that's a game that, that concerns me. I, 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 I've always been a believer in Russell Wilson. Um, I think he can really dominate a game himself, uh, and obviously with, with a guy like, like Tyler Lockett as well and, and D, DJ Metcalf. Um, they're a dangerous team offensively and they're a dangerous team defensively as well. Um, but I'm going to take an L for Buffalo there and have them going seven and three. Yep. I got the L man Seattle. I think it's one of the best teams in the NFC and I think they got enough to beat the bills here, even, even in Buffalo. So then the bills go out to Arizona and play Kyler Murray and the Cardinals and Deandre Hopkins. Um, you know, I think if the Bills can control uh, the trenches and be able to hold Kyler Murray um, in the pocket, I think the Bills can win that game. Um, I think the Cardinals are on the up and up. I just don't think that um, they're going to get there this year. I think one more one more offseason for the Cardinals and continue to build around Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is very good, but I just think the Bills' defense is just too good for the Cardinals' offense, and uh, the Bills are going to win that game as well. I am a believer in Kyler Murray here. Given that the Bills are away at Arizona the week before the bye week, they have a late bye. I'm uh, this one is my one of my toss up games, but I guess for the sake here, we're gonna, we're gonna go loss here. Yeah, so you have them going loss. So you have them sitting at eight and four currently, or seven and four. Um, I think six and four. This or seven and three. Maybe this this would be through ten weeks. Okay. So you have them at seven and three. Okay. So the Bills then come back home, have the LA Chargers come in town, the second LA team coming to Buffalo this season. Um, Bills, Chargers. Is Tyra still the, char- still the Chargers starting quarterback at that point? I'm going to say no, but I really hope he is. Like, I just want to see Tyra against the Bills. I would too, um, especially with the coaching staff that that got rid of him. Yeah, Anthony Lynn. Really? Yep. Uh, I, I really like Anthony Lynn as well as a head coach, and I really like the Chargers. I've always kind of had a had a sweet spot for the Chargers, but I think the Bills win that game as well. Um, what are your thoughts on that, win or lose? You got to beat the Chargers, man. Whether it's Tyrod or whether it is uh, the new draft pick, you got to beat the Chargers. 
I, I would agree with you. I think that, that that's a win against San Diego. I'm sorry, L.A. Um, then the Bills go out west to play the 49ers, um, the NFC reigning uh, champions. Win or loss, Nick, what do you have? Bills on Monday night. It's exciting. It's on the road. It's still going to be a loss. I have a loss there as well. I don't think that they're going to be able to get past San Francisco. Um, I'll take a loss. Then they come home for another primetime game with the Steelers. Win or loss, Nick? Bills, Sunday night football against Pittsburgh. I think they're going to beat them two years in a row. I'll take that one as well. I have a win for the Bills versus the Steelers. Um, And then finally, we have the Bills going out to Denver to play the Broncos. Don't have a time yet for that game. Maybe a Saturday game. That is a flex game, possibly. Um, who do you have, Bills, Broncos? Listen, I think uh, Denver is going to be worse than people think this year. Uh, I got a win here. I was looking at some of the win totals at some of the betting sites the other day. They got Den- I'm, I'm, I'm a lot lower on Denver than it seems like most people are. I am too. Um, I do like Drew Locke. I think he's going to be able to take a step forward this year. But um, Von Miller might be out for the year, so I don't know – how that defense is going to look um, yeah. in Chris Harris Jr. this year and yeah. having Novon Miller, that, that, that's a big hit on that defense. Yeah, and I know they, they did add some pieces to the offense. I don't want to discredit them. Like, they're not horrible, but I think it'll, it'll take a little bit longer to really work work all those pieces in than people are expecting. Then the Bills go to Foxborough to play the Patriots on the final primetime game of the year. I'm going to go with the loss there. I think they split the season with the Patriots. Um, and Cam Newton gets a win against his former defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you there. We got him splitting, so this one's got to be the loss. That would be – I mean, if you're thinking about the, the division race, though, if the Bills – and you're still assuming the Bills and Patriots are going to be up there for the division, right? Week 16, Monday night at New England, like that would be – if the Bills could clinch the division that day, that would be friggin' incredible. Monday Night Football at New England, clinching the division. Yeah, I, Bill Belichick's I, face on Monday Night Football, freezing his buns off on December twenty eighth in Foxborough. Come on. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, uh, you know, looking at last season, the Bills were in the position to possibly uh, tie New England last year in New England in prime time for the AFC East, and just weren't able to, to close the gap. I thought they played very well, though. I think this is the year that they get the win, and they're able to clinch the AFC East. Then, if if not sooner, but um, I have no doubt on my mind the Bills win the AFC East, but that will be a loss against New England. Finally, at home versus Miami, I think that's a win, depending on if the Bills are playing all their starters or not. True, um, but I'll I'll take a win there for now. Yeah, I got that as a win as well. Excellent. So obviously, no doubt in our mind, the Bills win the AFC East. They go on to the playoffs, um, maybe even a first round bye at this point. Um, I don't know about that. They changed. They changed up the rules a little bit this year. I think Kansas City and Baltimore definitely, definitely head and shoulders above the rest of the AFC right now. I think Baltimore is going to be a wild card team this year, Nick. Really? You think Pittsburgh's going to overtake them, or I think Cleveland stand? If Big Ben can stay healthy, I think Pittsburgh wins that division. Okay. Um, let's just speak hypothetically. If the Bills don't win the AFC East, who wins? Real quick. The Bills don't win the AFC East. You got to think. 
Patriots do. You know, Belichick's got his running quarterback. I don't know how quickly Cam will be able to pick up everything that Belichick wants him to do. But um, I mean, I've seen I've seen some takes out there. I know uh, I've seen one prominent uh, NFL writer pick the Dolphins. I've seen there are some New York media people who think the Jets are going to be better than advertised this year. It's got to be the Patriots if it's not the Bills. I would agree. I, th- I think the uh, the Patriots would be the team to win it uh, in the AFC East. Um, how about the rest of the division who or the, the rest of the league? What are you looking at, uh, division winners? All right. So I'm still going with Baltimore and the AFC North. Uh, AFC South, um, I want. I always want to like Houston. I do. I think Deshaun Watson's incredible. They just something something's wrong there. Always like something just doesn't click. Like you, they really didn't deserve to beat the Bills in the playoffs last year, and then they, you know, blew blew a huge lead against the Chiefs. Something just seems off there, and they lost DeAndre Hopkins. So, as much as I love Watson, I think. I think Tennessee's still going to get the edge in that division for me. The West, Kansas City, all the way. NFC East, uh, I think I got I see some big things for Dallas this year. I think they should have been they deserved to be better last year than their record ended up being. I thought they their offense was incredible last year and got even better. Um, Philadelphia, if if Wentz can stay healthy, that's interesting. I'm going with Dallas there. Uh, NFC North, I think this one's going to be really tight between Minnesota and Green Bay. I don't. I don't really know what to think there. I got them in my projections. I listed them both at nine and seven. And then I had Minnesota first and then I, I flipped green Bay. They're both nine and seven, but I had green Bay. I had Minnesota at the end. Um, NFC South also interesting. I think the saints uh, you're about to hear. I, I think this could be Drew Brees last year. I think they're going to be ready to do some work here. I don't know how you, you pick against Tampa Bay. Tom Brady has never had weapons like this before. I know he's getting old. I know he seems like he doesn't have every every throw left in his bag, but he's never had weapons like this. This is going to be James Winston, you know, did incredible in this offense while throwing 30 picks. Like mm-hmm. Tom Brady's going to look out there. I got I got Tampa Bay edging New Orleans for the division. And then in the West I still like Seattle. I know San Francisco just made the Super Bowl. I got actually I got I, I, wrote, I wrote down everybody's record here. I got them both ten and six, but I got Seattle winning their division. Um, I think the Niners win that division, uh, but I, I do think it's close. Uh, as far as the North goes, I do have uh, the Vikings winning that division. I think they're going to be able to edge out the Packers, but again, I think it's going to be close. I don't think the Bears are going to be anything this year, um, and I really don't think they need to worry about the Lions. The NFC South, man, I've been going back and forth with uh, the folks down here in Atlanta, and obviously they are all convinced that um, the Falcons are going to win that division. I don't see it. I don't think that they're going to. I think Matt Ryan is a very good quarterback, but Matt Ryan is not a uh, – Matt Ryan and Julio Jones – is not a Drew Brees and Michael Thomas combination. I think Michael Thomas is a better receiver, and I think that Drew Brees is a much better quarterback. And you look at down, down in Tampa, you're right. How can you pick against Tampa? However, um, 
I, I just think Drew Brees is hungry, and he wants to prove that mm-hmm. he can get back there one more time. I think the Saints win that division, but it's not going to be without a fight from the Bucks. And I think the Bucks put up a heck of a fight in the uh, in the playoffs. Um, yeah, if you want to jump ahead there, my NFC Championship game, which would be an incredible game, Drew Brees and the Saints against Tom Brady and the Bucks, and I got Drew Brees and the Saints winning it here. I think Brady. It's. A, I think he knows it's his last year. Mm-hmm. Like Drew Brees, I think he knows, and like they, they just got to be pulling out all the stops, like desperation. When you, when you know it's – like Tom Brady, he's getting up there, but I don't think this is like the last go-around for Brady. He signed a two-year deal. I think he needs, he knows, you know, if it doesn't work this year, they're still next year. Like, Drew Brees, this is it. Right. So right. they got two years ago. They got robbed on the on the no-call against Roby. Last <laughs> year, Brees got injured for a lot. They still rolled. The Saints, I think, are going to be – I mean, I'm saying this here, like I feel like they should be better than ten and six in my in my projection here, but I wanted Tampa to win that division. Um, listen, Saints, I th- I mean, to me, you got Seattle, Tampa, Saints, and Dallas are like the four best teams in the, in the NFC, and then San Francisco, Green Bay, and the Eagles are like the next couple. Man, Tampa, New Orleans, or I'm sorry, yeah, Tampa, New Orleans, NFC Championship game, must watch TV. I think that would be a very good NFC championship game, but I think the Saints do win that. I think Drew Brees goes back to the Super Bowl. Um, I just don't think it's Tampa's year. I like Tampa. They worry me. Um, I have plenty of family and friends who are big Bucks fans, and they would hate to hear me say that they lose, but I just don't think they're going to be able to pull it off um, this year. Uh, with that being said, looking at the AFC, for me at least, obviously – we got the Bills winning the AFC East. Um, I I really think the Chiefs are going to win the AFC West. I really don't think there's going to be much competition there. Um, surprise move, I have the Steelers winning the AFC North. Um, I just think now that teams have had a full offseason to really sit down and watch Lamar Jackson, um, I think that uh, teams are going to be able to really figure out what he's going to do, situations when he's going to run, and they're really going to contain him more in the pocket which we saw a lot more of in the playoff game last year and the year before. And when he's forced to stay in the pocket, that team is just not as good. Um, so I, I, I think teams are going to be able to force Lamar Jackson into the pocket a little bit more, and that's going to help the Steelers come out on top. I don't think the Browns and Bagels are going to be much, although I'm really high on Joe Burrow. Okay. Like I got that the Bagels at 4-12, and 12, but I think they'll be hmm. a lot more exciting 4-12 and 12 than last year. I think they win six games this year. Okay. I think the Browns finish last in that Ooh, division. That's a take. I think the Browns finish last. Um, you know, new head coach, Baker's third head coach now. Um, I think the Browns finish last and possibly I don't I don't know if they they're gonna get the number one pick. I really think Jacksonville's got that pretty wrapped up. Um but I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns somehow end up with pick number one and they go out and get Trevor Lawrence and Baker's gone. But uh, that 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 that's a hot take. That's just uh me talking and I could be wrong. But uh if you ask my wife I'm wrong often. So uh the AFC South um you know I think the Texans can make a run at it but they did lose a lot of pieces on offense. Um I really like the Colts this year with uh Philip Rivers. I I I think 
the Colts win that division. And I think the Titans get the wild card. I think Houston's on the outside looking in. Okay. Uh, but I, I, I do think it's going to be a battle between the Texans and Titans for that wild card. I just think Tennessee is just too good not to get into the playoffs this year. Um, and I think they sneak in as a wild card. As far as the uh, AFC championship game goes, I have the Bills and the – no surprise, right? Um, I have the Bills and the – That's a surprise. I don't know. <laughs> the, the, the Bills and the Chiefs in the <coughs> championship game. Um, but I think the Chiefs ultimately just are too good, and they go to the Super Bowl against the Saints, um, and I have the Saints winning it all. You have Saints over Chiefs? I have Saints over Chiefs. Wow. Did you, I don't know if you stole my notes here. That's what I wrote down too. I, I, I just think if uh, – I did not see, I have not seen your notes, so there you go. Uh, I think, again, I just have too much faith in Drew Brees. And that offense, and you know, you throw a little bit of Tyson Hill in there too. They're dangerous, man. They're scary, and they can be very good. And I just think Drew Brees and Sean Payton, for that matter, are hungry and, and brief wants to go out on top. All right, man. Let's uh, wrap it up here with some rapid fire takes. All right, piece of Bills news that surprised you the most this offseason. Um, I gotta go with you know. The Bills Mafia hashtag. I didn't really see that coming from the Bills or the NFL. So right now that that's my biggest biggest news. Um or you know, you can really say the Stefan Diggs trade was yeah. Uh, was as well. Yeah, I would have had to go way back with the Diggs trade. That was still blockbuster yeah, move. Definitely gotta go back with the Diggs trade. I thought that was a big move. Um, you know, you you can even really pull up there the 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 whole new era stadium thing and yeah and and yeah. Tushy wanted to buy the stadium at one point, a barstool wanted to buy the stadium at one point. But uh, I like the fact they're going with Bill Stadium for now. Um, you know, let's be honest. No matter what they name, it's always going to be the Ralph. So, doesn't really matter to me. What about you? What's your biggest uh, Bill story from the off season? Yeah, did Diggs has to be number one for me, and then I guess number two. Uh, we, we've gotten an hour into a podcast. We haven't mentioned like, oh yeah, we're in the middle of a global pandemic still, and we're going to try to play a football season. So every every prediction we've had here comes with the asterisk that the future will be much weirder than we can imagine right now. So yeah, yes or no, Nick, just, I don't need an explanation. Just want yes or no. Do the playoffs get played in a bubble? Yes. Okay. I, I agree with you on that. I think that's the only way to do it. Um, how about what do you, what, what is your predictions for Josh Allen this year? Josh Allen. I'm going to give him 34. 3,400 yards. Okay. Passing. Okay. Um, I had to specify. You never know. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to give him 26 touchdown passes. We're going to give him 422 rushing yards Ooh. and four rushing touchdowns. Okay. How and many? and oh, 11 interceptions. Okay. Uh, so two seasons ago, he had 12. Last year, he had nine. He improved a little bit. Um I might, okay, may, I might even go up then just because I think the, the volume of passing is going to be more. So maybe we'll go one more, 12 interceptions. Okay. I could see 12 interceptions as well. I'd be fine with that. Um, as long as they're not Josh Allen dumb interceptions, you know, oh, where he's yeah. going down, just throwing it away, which was was a big problem last year. Obviously, he, he had a number of interceptions that um, you know he really just could have held on to, and that number would have been much, much lower. Um, I do think he is going to have – about 35, maybe 3,600 yards. Um, 
I have him closer to to about 29 um, passing touchdowns and six rushing touchdowns. So you, uh, he's a fantasy stud in your mind. I I think so. Um, I'm big. I'm big on him in fantasy. Unfortunately, in our league that we're in, I was not able to grab him because we have a certain fan boy in our uh, league. Certain, I'm sorry, subscriber. a certain podcast subscriber. Yes, that's true. Who is also the draft every Bills every Bills player that he possibly could. Um, Shout out to our subscribers. That's right. Love you. That's right. <laughs> we still love you no matter what. Uh, but but uh, I, I do like Josh Allen, especially in fantasy this year. So if you have a draft coming up and you haven't drafted yet, which by the time this comes out, everyone should have had the drafts. Um, but I do like Josh Allen for fantasy. Uh, so real quick, Nick, week one kicks off tonight with the Chiefs and Texans. There will be fans in the stands tonight. Uh, what is your prediction on that? Uh, see, you're putting me in a tough spot here because by the time people listen to this, they're already going to know who won. So I'm going to say whatever. No, I can't do that. Uh, <laughs> listen, the Chiefs. You get how, how do you not like the Chiefs here? Like I don't know. The, the spread was was bigger than I thought it was going to be. So I don't know if Kansas City will cover. But man, how do you not pick the Chiefs? I agree. I don't know how you don't pick the Chiefs here. Again, I'm not real high on the Texans this season. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson got paid finally, so we'll, we'll see what he can do. Um, but I'm not real high on the rest of that team. Obviously, you lose your big playmaker in DeAndre Hopkins. You still have Will Fuller and Kenny Stills, who are both good receivers. If Will Fuller can stay healthy all year, I don't think he finishes the whole year again this year. Um, but I, I'm with you. I, I like the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs win. And I, I think they win pretty big, but um, I think okay. they put up about 40, 42 points tonight. And, all right. I'm just going to throw a score out there, 42-28. Wow, you're t- taking the over is what you're yeah, saying. I'm taking the over. I think everyone else should be taking the over tonight too. I think the I think the, uh, the Chiefs win 42-28. to 28. All uh, right, la- last question for you. Okay. We, we, we are both of the opinion the Bills are going to win the AFC East. Mm-hmm. What would it take for the Bills to not win the AFC East? And I'm going to make it harder for you. Obviously, if Josh Allen gets hurt, that would put a big dent. So other than Josh Allen getting hurt, what would have to happen for the Bills to not win the AFC East? Okay. I think Trey White goes down. I think that that that's mm. a big hit. Or you lose one of your two linebackers that we talked about in Edmonds and Milano. I also think, and now this doesn't have to do with Josh Allen getting hurt. I just think Jeff, Josh Allen doesn't take that step that everyone is expecting him to take this season. Mm-hmm. I think that really hurts the team as well. Cause you're looking at the Josh Allen of maybe Josh Allen of, 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 of 2018 is rookie year. Um, but if Josh Allen is not able to take that next step, that can really hurt them as well. Okay. Yeah. I definitely agree with all of those points. And I would just add to uh, if uh, Cam Newton picks it up a lot faster with the Patriots than people are expecting. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there are definitely scenarios the Patriots could end up eleven and five. Even the the Bills go ten and six, that'd be good. I think it's possible if you're looking for reasons here. Uh, the Patriots being better than we think could be a reason there too. I think so too. I think um, you know the, the Patriots may surprise people. I think Miami may surprise a few people. And um, you know, I, as much as I picked Buffalo winning both games against Miami, I wouldn't be surprised if um, they split those two games with Miami. Um, but you really don't know what you're getting out of Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick's so hot and cold, and and 
depends on when when to his time really is. Um, but let's hope we don't have to worry about any of that, and let's hope that the Bills just win the FC East yeah. outright. And That's right. No problems. All right. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to leave this on a negative. I'll ask you one more question. Just biggest reason for optimism for this the Bills season? Stephon Diggs, man. Josh Allen finally has a solid number one receiver, and he finally has a solid number one running back. Um, and it's his third year in this offense. So I, I, I really think Josh Allen and this offense takes that big next step and they're, they're going to be putting up more than 17 points a game. Nice. All right, man. I, I was, I was writing down my list here as we were going through the schedule. I've like definitely should win. Definitely probably going to lose. And then like toss up games. Mm-hmm. I got eight games in my definitely should win column. We're saying both against the jets, both against the dolphins, one from the Patriots, and then I got the Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos is should definitely win those games. Mm-hmm. Like that's already eight wins. I got Kansas City, Seattle, San Francisco, and away Patriots is definite losses. And then I have Rams, Titans, Cardinals, and Steelers as like toss ups here. So I mean, if you split the toss ups, that's ten and six though. Like if you yep. do better, I mean eight eight solid ones. And again, it's not going to be easy. It's not given to them, but you should pull out at least five, four or five division games there. Like, I, the Bills overachieved a little bit last year, get to ten and six. They could be a legitimate ten and six this year. And like that, that might not sound like progress, but that would that would be a big step forward. I'd do it again and repeat it and show it wasn't a fluke. To your point, I don't think that they overachieved last year. I thought the schedule just played out perfectly in their favor. I think everyone knew last year going into the season that they had a weaker schedule. Obviously the schedule this season is a lot tougher. Um, so I, I think eight games. Yes. I think there are some games in there where, like you said, there, there are toss up games. Tennessee, I think is one, I think the Rams game, you can even call that a little bit of a toss up game uh, and Kansas city for that matter. I think the bills defense is as good as, um, you know, and, and the offense for that matter, the offense come out and get rolling. I think this Bills team is just as good as Kansas City. You know, maybe they win in a few areas. That's a take. I, I think. I think this. If you can, you can obviously give the quarterback edge to Patrick Mahomes. No, no doubt about it. But it, are you telling me that a rookie running back is better than Devin Singletary? I don't think so. He's a second it, year running back, and they're dude. I got high hopes for Zach Moss this year. I have I have high hopes for Zach Moss as well, and I think the the that that one two. Tandem can be very good, uh, but I don't think uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is any better. You know, it is better than what the Bills are bringing with Singletary, and the Bills finally have that uh, three-headed horse, if you want to say, on uh, three-headed monster. I think it's a better word for it at the wide receiver position with Cole Beasley, who's constantly always getting open, John Brown, who had a very good year last year as a number one, and he's going to get a lot of that top pressure taken off of him over the top this year, which is only going to open him up more uh, on the deep ball as long as Allen can hit the deep ball. Um, and and you got Stephon Diggs. And I think that receiving core is a lot better than the three that the, the Chiefs are looking at. Watkins, if he can keep his head on right and, and stops believing that the earth is flat, he might be pretty good. And obviously, you know, Tyreek Hill is, is who Tyreek Hill is. Um, but, yeah, yeah, at, at the end of the day, I think this Bills team is just as good as Kansas City, and I think they're able to um, – really compete this season and, and, and see what they could do. I, I, it's going to be a fun year, fun year. Definitely will. On that note, we're going to wrap it up here. Charlie listeners, please stay safe. 
wear a mask, don't do anything stupid. And we're going to talk to you next time. And Charlie, tell them, I mean, you just said the bills are just as good as Kansas City. And we're still going to tell people to always trust the process. process. Always trust the process. You guys can follow us on Twitter at, at the underscore process pod. Follow me at Chawit68, C-H-A-W-I-T-6-8. Nick, what's your Twitter handle? At Nick Veronica. Excellent, guys. At Nick Veronica. Follow Nick. He's got some great takes. Maybe not as hot as mine, but <laughs> Nick's are more of a realist uh, than mine are. But appreciate everyone tuning in. Glad to be back with you. We'll talk to you guys next week after week one. Go Bills. And as always, trust the process.